Welcome to the Gen Z Career Playbook podcast. My name is Nadia and I'm a career practitioner, educator and founder of BU Careers. It's a real chat with real people about their career journeys. Also hear from industry experts who will take you behind the curtain to provide insights and tools so you can take action and thrive in this one life. Because career development is about more than a job. It's a process of managing life, learning and work over your lifetime. If you're early in your career or you're supporting someone at this stage of their journey, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Gen Z Career Playbook. In today's episode, we're going to have part two of our chat with Ash Baby, where we get to know her a little bit more in terms of her career and just her as a human being in our episode called Career Confessions. So I hope you enjoy getting to know Ash a little bit more. We are not just students and employers or entrepreneurs. We are all humans on our own life journey. And obviously our career is such a big important component of this journey. So this section aims to provide listeners with a little insight into the human that is Ash and the journey that you are on. So what I'd love to know is at primary school, did you have any ideas of what your life might look like? So in terms of, I don't know, where you would be living or the job you would do, did you have any ideas at all? I was definitely one of those students that changed their minds frequently. But the one thing that I um, that sticks in my mind now is having the fake food toys as a kid. And we didn't have the cooking set to be like, okay, we're going to go cook food in the kitchen. So the way I had to play with those toys was I'm going to lay them on the ground and pretend yeah. <laughs> I'm a farmer. And that was a very long phase of my life where I had no context for the amount of work it took to be a farmer. And I was sure that that was yeah, what I would farmer. do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and can you tell us about your first job? So my first job was actually with my parents in a family business, catering wood-fired pizzas. And so as a 12-year-old, I would fight with my sister over folding pizza boxes while my parents were just starting this business and just trying to get used to like the flow of customers and keeping up with the queue. And like by the time I was 14, I was running a trailer by myself. So that was where I started engaging with workplace skills and just being in yeah, a work Yeah, that's amazing. And it's like you would have learned so much even just... And so much confidence, like dealing with customers and, and all those kind of things. So the fact that your parents let you at least, uh, you know, have <laughs> ownership of that, they they must have trusted you and thought you were, you know, doing a great job. So, yeah, such a great skill. Um, and so early on, I, I think, you know, just starting right away. And did you continue working kind of right through high school or did you have any other part-time jobs? Yeah, it was very much like if you want any work, you've always got to work. So um, we got paid well for our efforts. So it was always hard to let go of that during high school. And I only really stopped working for my parents just before COVID. Um, I was still doing that on the weekend throughout my apprenticeship around my roster and yep. helping out as much as I could. Amazing. So are you great at making pizzas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely it's definitely a niche, the wood fired pizza skills. But um yeah. What's the topping of choice? Ooh, it's a seasonal thing. I'm definitely okay. in that season of my life where it's like the vegetarian with like 
extra things and salami because then you just get like yeah. everything all at once. I, I do vegetarian and that I'd, I'd like prawns or chicken. Everyone always apologizes. Like, I'm sorry, I know it's a vegetarian, but can you add this? And we're like, it's fine. It's so normal. <laughs> it's like all the, the good vegetables plus you put the meat yeah. on. I, I'm totally for all that. Yeah, awesome. Can you tell us about a time where you messed up at work? So big or small, what happened and how did you deal with it? Managing my emotions around mistakes at work is still something even six years into my career. I'm practicing and trying to get better at so my what I call my biggest mistake to date in my career was um, I bent a small component inside an engine and was just so flustered by the mistake I was like I think it'll be all right I'll send it and of course an hour later that engine stopped because a component had dropped and seized the engine um, and it was just in a generator so it, it wasn't something that necessarily would take weeks and weeks to manage um yeah but definitely in terms of managing emotions around that especially in the moment when it um you have such a for me I have such a big response to a mistake um I'm practicing dealing with mistakes by just accepting that mistakes like especially as an apprentice everyone's blown up an engine at one point or another it's almost a rite of passage yeah and it's easy for sometimes more experienced people to tell us their mistakes Um, So just practicing that self-compassion and being like, you know, I'm not the first person who's been here. Everything's fixable with time and money. um, And I'm not alone in my feelings is definitely how I'm still working on just breathing through mistakes and experiences. Yeah. And that's right. Like everyone's a human. Like there's no way that you can do what you do and not make any mistakes. And, And like you were saying, like, there's so many times where you face situation that you haven't dealt with before. So when you're doing things for the first time, obviously it's bound to happen that you can make mistakes. So I, yeah, yeah, I guess that's just, you know, it's just experience as well, isn't it? And like you said, like just telling yourself, being kind to yourself, speaking to yourself kindly, all of those things. Yeah. And yeah, being around <laughs> people that perhaps are more experienced that can actually say, listen, I've done that too. Or, you know, I've made those, well, that's nothing. You should have heard the time I blew up the whole machine, you know, and things like that, that can (laughs) certainly help. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, and that doesn't matter, you know, if you're working on heavy vehicles or if you're, you know, what, whatever industry you're in, like it's absolutely, I often say to students, you know, particularly in their part-time jobs, like when they first start, they're going to make mistakes. Like there is absolutely, and it's just kind of knowing that and being accepting of that. And hopefully you're in an environment where you you know you're supported obviously in that that moment and and they're training around that as well what brings you joy each day and do you schedule it so is there something I guess that you kind of do make time for or does it just kind of happen for you I feel like uh, the two things that bring me joy uh, I get up a little bit earlier before work each day to do some writing um, and working on a sci-fi manuscript because that's something that um, is like another passion in life So that's a way that for me, even if I get up and I can only get out a hundred words, that's like, I'm filling my own cup, even though it's taking a bit of effort to do every morning because it's something that's so important to me. And then the other thing, which is never scheduled, um, is just coming home at the end of the day and getting to give my big staghound Teddy lots of cuddles because he just just brings joy into life. I, I love dogs. So yeah, that's the constant joy that's running around destroying my house every day (laughs) yeah uh my joy is definitely that my dog as well (laughs) just going for a walk and yeah just just the waggy tail you know just the enthusiasm to see you it absolutely it can't not 
make you happy, you know, for sure. And I just love that about your manuscript in terms of your writing because you did, you know, you said literature um, at high school. And I think that's so important because I think students sometimes think if they go down one path, you know, their other interests and passions, you know, they're choosing that over everything else. But really it's not and and often you know whatever they decide I try just to to let them know that it is their first step it doesn't mean they're kind of saying no to everything else and there are ways to combine your heavy diesel mechanic and you're also writing you know like they're very much different but you're actually still doing them at the same time and you know there may be a time where you actually transition into you know another area more who knows but I think it's just being open to that and I think it's an amazing example of how you can keep you know, two really great creative passions and strengths you have going. But yeah, and the fact that you're getting up early and you're already getting up pretty early <laughs> to do that shows that, you know, you really do love it as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's amazing. How how many pages or words do you think you're like, well, where are we at? Well, this is draft two of a manuscript that I think finished around 110,000 words in the first draft. So there's lots of work to go um, and it is a slow progress. It is slow progress. And yeah, I just have to give myself that grace yeah. of it's just going to take as long as it takes. Yeah. And I think pe- that's yeah. pretty normal for people that write a book anyway, even that they're doing it without doing anything else. It still can take years anyway. So the fact you're working a full-time job, I think, yeah, absolutely. You're doing great <laughs> for sure. If you could tell me of a time, and we probably have spoken about this a little bit, but when you felt really out of your depth and what did you learn from the experience? Um, I feel like those opportunities to feel out of my depth are higher in my current role, especially because we have an on-call roster. So every fourth week, if a machine breaks down on the side of a road at the middle of the night or like at 2am, I'm the one who will get called. And there are definitely the situations where I feel out of my depth because I don't have as much support in terms of I can't ring up my boss or I can't ring up someone who has a bit more experience on a machine or a problem. Um, and so I'm really left with my own devices and being able to interpret the, the problems I'm seeing on the machine for myself. Um, the biggest things I've learned from those situations is really just to practice calmness. Um, the problems always are simpler than you think they're going to be. And that if you can just keep your composure and just find a system of start at the beginning and work your way to the end until, you know, you find that fault or you find that leak, um, everything always ends up being okay. So it's just, yeah, a practice of really backing yourself and just practicing calmness so that you can keep thinking rationally and, and get through a difficult situation where you might feel out of your depth and overwhelmed and anxious. Yeah. And and I guess just even being woken up <laughs> during the night itself is like that that feeling and like you said, then just kind of talking yourself down and just keeping composed because you want, you know, you want to be able to think hundred percent and, and be on things. And I guess you don't even know where you're going. So just being kind of thrust in those situations. And I guess the more you, you go out on call, the more, you know, you you're probably more comfortable you would get with it. But I can totally get that how that could be. Ah, how do we do this? Yeah. <laughs> yes, a bit shocking when the phone rings. Yeah. Yeah. You kick stuff yeah. pretty quick. And I think people think of like doctors on call, but no, there's, yeah, I mean, there's actually so many even trades that, you know, are potentially on call as well, for sure. A time when you felt really proud of yourself? Yeah, I think um, 
the age article for me being quite recent is a moment that I'm very proud of. Um, so when I got approached to write an article about my experience for the age, I thought it'd be some little column in the back somewhere that no one would see. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Sure. Of course, I'm happy to share my story. Um, so when it, you know, wasn't in the back corner somewhere and it was kind of a nice half page feature, both in Melbourne and in the Sydney Morning Herald, um, that for me, in terms of the amount of conversation it started and how positive the response was to it, was a really exciting moment because I'd been a vet champion for about three years at that point. And it was kind of one of those things like it felt like I'd planted all these seeds and I was finally seeing the growth. And I really got that fulfillment and sense of reward from being like, well, my story is contributing to the community and. I might never see the impact this has, but, yeah. you know, if that one person goes home and talks to their partner about it or talks to their kids about it, then I've done my job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. I think it's just, you know, busting stereotypes and, you know, all of those kind of things. And, you know, students can look up to, you know, both males and females and be like, this is, you know, a high achieving, you know, academic student who, you know, decided that an apprenticeship was the pathway for her and she's, you know, thriving and, and doing great in it, you know, and, um, and also it had the, the bonus of obviously you being able to write <laughs> yeah, um, and be published, which is something you obviously, you know, enjoy as well. So that's, that's another kind of amazing kind of angle to it as well, for sure. Um, in terms of values, I often, you know, speak to students and in one of my programs, it's a big part of kind of what we do um, in terms of them kind of thinking about their values. And it's probably not something as a, you know, high school student, they probably have, you know, thought about a lot, but in terms of your value, and I think it's probably people something that people reflect on really maybe even later in their career, but have you got an, a sense of what your top values are, like one or, or if you have more than one in terms of your life but also career? Yeah, I definitely know that for me um, something I really value is kind of that growth factor. Um, I need to be in a place where I am being a bit stretched, otherwise I will get complacent and um, it has flow on effects that aren't positive. Um, so that's something I've learned to value that I like to constantly feel like I'm working towards something. I like that direction. But in uh, the workplace, I definitely find that what was a small decision for me as a first year apprentice has actually come to shape a lot of like my values and how I engage with people at work. I remember going into the workshop as a first year apprentice. It's like, I have no skills. I don't know what's going on yet. I haven't been taught anything. If I could just you know, be that person that makes someone else smile and just bring that positive, kind energy to the workshop. That was all I set out to achieve. And even now that decision to value, you know, not being positive in a deceiving way when things aren't going well, yeah. um, but just being authentically myself and being that a bubbly, happy person who's not afraid to ask how someone's going or just to crack a smile and remind other people around me that yes you can smile too um that's something that I definitely find plays out in life in my career yeah and I think that's so important you spend so much time at work and you spend so much time with your the people at your work like more than partners and family often and so you know just actually enjoying you know those relationships and actually bringing that joy is so important. And if you look back to kind of part-time jobs, like a lot of the time they were fun, you know, because you just didn't have those expectations. And the really the thing that made it were the, the relationships, you know, you had with people. Yeah. So um, absolutely, like if you can actually be the catalyst and keep that, 
you know, that energy up. And it's not about, like you said, that kind of toxic positivity in terms of, you know, everything's (laughs) going to be, you know, it's, you know, obviously there's still going to be hard times, but actually just, even if it is, you know, maybe people are down and actually approaching them and and opening conversations and, and all those kind of things. So that's an amazing, you know, thing to have. And I'm sure you're really valued, you know, in your workplace because of it as well, because it does make, you know, such a big difference. Um, in terms of your most valuable skill, or even if there's a couple, or your or an app, just like a characteristic or attribute, what do you think has been the most valuable for your career, and how have you kind of developed and cultivated this? Yes, the thing that has really carried me through my career and helped me um, find opportunities and like be um, accepted into opportunities, I've always found has come down to work ethic. Um, and that is something I was fortunate to learn from the family business as a kid. But even now when I'm watching other apprentices move through a business or people come through as trade assistants, um, just having a good attitude about work, not being afraid to not know, um, being open to saying, hey, I've never done this before. I have a few questions. Can I get some guidance? A lot of those skills around just being open to learning and having the attitude of, I want to be here, I want to learn. Um, That's always taken me further than my actual tangible, I know X, Y, Z, and I've done X, Y, Z repairs before. Um, Because it really puts you in a mindset to make you open to getting better at your job, no matter what it is. Yeah. So it's really, it's it's kind of like an approach, isn't it? Like your approach to work and, and how you see it. So it doesn't really matter what job it is, you know, you're doing, you just have that approach that, you know, you're open to learn willing to do the work like you're obviously there for you know to serve a role so understanding you know what that role is and and how you kind of go about it and I think that's so as an employer obviously that's you know so valuable to them because they know that you know you're actually really there for the right reasons and if there is something you don't know then you can at least put your hand up and, and find out how to do it and I think that's something that young people really you know, have to be so aware of in terms of if they don't know, it's totally fine, but it's actually just speaking up, isn't it? Um, And I think particularly in a trade environment, you know, where things can potentially be, you know, dangerous or, you know, whatever it is, like if you don't actually know what you're doing, you've got to to ask, you know, and find and seek out help if you're not. And, you know, I guess if you're not in the right environment, then there's no one to help you, you know, that's obviously a different conversation, you know, if you're not getting the right support, but um, it, hopefully in a lot of cases there is and it's just a matter of you know asking for sure um, in yeah. terms of your teenage self if you could go back and tell yourself anything about career what would it be I think what I would tell myself as just like a way to maybe add an extra layer of um, like ease to the decision making experience is definitely even for me knowing and being confident in my decision you don't know what opportunities are ahead of you in whatever career you pick because you'll enter a space and find out that there's another 10 branches to this tree and what you thought was a branch was actually a trunk and like there's just so much more that you sometimes can't see until you're in a a certain environment um so I definitely feel like knowing that before picking a career just you don't know where your career journey might take you um and there's like yes a little bit of uncertainty around that but it's also like a level of like possibility and potential as well yeah 
exciting. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I, it's such a thing. And I, I do think students sometimes they just want all the answers and they would love me just to say this is what you're going to be doing, you know, and it's just not that simple. And it's really getting to a place where you have to be okay with a little bit of uncertainty. Uh, and I think everyone does these days, you know, and I, and I think being open to opportunities that maybe they hadn't considered before yeah. um, is certainly really important, I think, in a career journey. I think for particularly, you know, teenagers moving into careers now, there's, you know, it's very, very likely they're going to be doing, you know, several different things. So I think, um, yeah, having just being okay with that uncertainty for sure. And, yeah, I think just knowing that, it's not a bad thing. Like there just, there are lots, there's just so much more. And I think students, they kind of look at their set of subjects and are trying to look at careers from these six subjects. And it's, the world is so much bigger <laughs> than that. Yeah. And I've, I found like, especially once I got into the apprenticeship and I was like, oh, okay, I've made a right decision. Um, I realized that, well, this might not be the right decision forever. And so I've kind of just developed this mentality of when I'm deciding, you know, am I going to the mines? Am I starting a business? Am I leaving the mines? Um, I've always just gone, well, what's the next right decision? Because yeah. you can't plan for the next 40 years because too much changes in the space of 12 months. Yeah. Um, so I've always just gone, well, what's the next right decision? And keeping it smaller, it's always made it an easier question to answer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of pressure around and I always kind of say to students, there's no kind of right or wrong coming out of yeah. school. It's just kind of what's right for you, you know, given all your research and hopefully it's not just a matter of I'm just choosing something and not, you know, head in the sand, let's just pick something because I need to. Like obviously you really want to do as much kind of research and self-reflection and if you can do work experience, you know, as possible, but it's really what's right for you. And then if it's not right for you anymore, you make another decision. So it's just the, you know, the first of many, many decisions you'll make, you know, throughout your career. So I think they think it's like the only decision they're going to make, you know, and that's it forever. But it's, there's so many more decisions um, that they'll yeah. make for sure. Okay. Our final question. I am a career genie that is going to grant you any career job role in the world. If there were no restrictions, so um, in terms of anything at all, so money, uh, skills, circumstances, what would you love to do as a career? Yeah, without a doubt, if um, I love my job now, but if I had a career genie, I would be a published author already and yeah. I would be writing full time and exploring the world and just, um, yeah, that that like it's an easy answer for me there. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? As a career genie, I really do see that in your future. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you know, I'm. You know, you're already. You know, you're doing it in a way. You know, you, you are actually making steps to make it happen. And I think if there are things that people want to achieve, you know, big or small, even if you're just doing one small thing, you know, each week, it's still progress. You know, it's still progress. Yeah. Rather than thinking, oh, I just, I wish, you know, I wish, 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 but you know, there is actually no such thing as a career journey. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so I guess, you know, just taking steps to actually make that happen. And the fact that, you know, you are doing that is amazing. Um, and that's kind of how you, you know, you do make those, those wishes come true, I guess, isn't it? By taking those steps. And if it takes you two years or five years, it's still happening. You know, you're still doing it. So that's, yeah. that's amazing. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much, Ash. This has been an amazing chat. I really thank you so much for coming on. And I know that, yeah, it'll inspire so many students as well. I know they'll love hearing your story. And I think just, you know, even if it just opens people's minds to just kind of think, you know what, maybe I will have a look at a trade or maybe I will look at a different industry. It doesn't even necessarily have to be, you know, in trades or um, you know, through the vet sector, there's so many different opportunities there as well. I think one of the misconceptions often with vet is actually everyone thinks trades, um, yeah. but that's actually such a small, when you look at all of the courses, like, you know, particularly for the vet and schools programs, there are so many um, yeah opportunities outside of, of trades as well, even though that is such a massive opportunity for students as well. So yeah, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your weekend off. I think this is not a a rusted one on is it this week weekend so no yeah no (laughs) you can enjoy your weekend off so thanks so much for your time no thanks for having me it's been a pleasure don't forget to stay curious take action and go out and live your best life and always remember to be you you